Wednesday, November 23rd. Ruin my lips. 12.30 p.m. I reread the moon in my hand. While others may wish on a shooting star, it's the moon that holds my dreams afar. I clutch it to my chest and take a deep breath, while trying to figure out why Aiden would have written that. I grab my phone, look up the quote on the internet, and get no hits. Did he make it up? My mind wanders to my own wish in the moonlight. I shake my head. It can't be. And if Aiden really did make a wish on the moon, then it's official. Fate is a cold-hearted bitch, just like Aphrodite. If Aiden truly was my fate, then fate would have allowed us to meet later in life, under different circumstances. When I had gotten my life back, or when I had finally accepted that I'd never get it back. A morbid thought flits through my brain, that I might not be here later in life. A big part of me wants to turn the car around to go back to Eastbrook. I look at my phone and consider calling him, consider reading all of his texts, listening to all of his voicemails, asking him why he wrote on the moon. But I can't. I have to deal with Vincent first. I have to get my life back. And after that, I promise to give B a chance. I need to forget about Aiden. But Eastbrook and the friends I made there behind me. My leaving is for the best. For everyone's best. I'm just not sure what's best for me. I've been mulling over a lot of options. I've considered moving to my loft, getting my GED, and starting NYU in the fall. But that would mean hanging out with Jake and Dawson. It would mean coming in contact with new people. People who I couldn't make friends with. I quickly ruled out that option. Besides, I'm not going back to my loft. I can't. I'm pretty sure Aiden ruined it, just like he ruined my lips. I'll put it on the market and forget about it, too. I run my hand over my new four-leaf clover necklace and say a little prayer. My phone rings, so I stop praying and answer with a polite hello. Ms. Monroe, this is Edward at Jet Co-op. Before you board, don't forget to stop in the office and sign the new paperwork. I won't, I say, but obviously I had forgotten. I hang up and ask the driver to run me back to the office. I get out of the car and pull my sunglasses over my eyes, partially to block the light, and partially because I'm a little freaked out to even go inside. I'm worried Vincent sent my photo to every airport in America. I put myself into my role. I'm not Keaton Douglas who's being stalked. I'm Keaton Monroe who's just an Eastbrook student. Was an Eastbrook student, I think, suddenly fighting back tears. I'm looking at the office building, but in my mind I'm seeing the beauty that is Eastbrook. The gorgeous trees, the old brick buildings, the commons, the people. I'm really going to miss everyone. I hate that I didn't give them proper goodbyes. I hate that I did that to them, and most of all, I hate that I'm reliving this moment again. I was stupid to go to Eastbrook. Anyone in their right mind should have seen the potential problems. But we weren't really in our right minds when we made the decision. We were scared. And I'm done being that way. It's time to take control of my life. It's time to fight back. I take a deep breath and breeze into the office like I don't have a care in the world. I'm Keaton Monroe. I shake Edward's hand and then review the contract for the many additional hours that I purchased on a whim a couple of days ago. That was when one of my options included me turning the tables on Vincent and stalking him. I decided that might not be my smartest idea ever. Besides, a new plan is starting to take root. Cooper and me on a farm in Iowa, way out in the country. Lots of acres where we can set up a firing range. A barn we can turn into a training facility. Maybe a few chickens, a cow, and a vegetable garden, so that we would never have to leave. We could grow everything we eat. Okay, maybe not. I don't think I could kill a chicken. Or a carrot. I think I'd prefer to buy my food already dead. I've thought about marrying Cooper, going Amish, living out my life in hiding. I'm also strongly considering faking my own death. I'd hate to do that to my family, but if I did, I could kill Vincent. My family wouldn't have me, but they'd have their lives back. I could watch the girls grow up from afar. Then maybe I could become the CIA's youngest operative. Cooper and I could travel the world and spy. 
I bet he'd look damn hot in a tuxedo. Ooh, I know. I'm going to watch Triple X on the plane. Ooh, the things I'm going to do for my country. While Edward goes in the back to make a copy for my records, I hear two ladies at the next counter gossiping about who's going to star in the next best-selling book-turned-movie. One of them holds out a magazine. Here, you can read this on your lunch break. Did you see the cover? I can't believe how scary, skinny Abby Johnston has gotten. People think it's the stress of Tommy's affair. I wouldn't care what Tommy did as long as I could get a piece of that fine man. I'm not greedy. I'd be more than willing to share, she says with a chuckle. You're bad. But honest, she says as she wanders off with her lunch bag. Besides, I read that this morning.